Because if you don't do the work and you just say, hey, I got the client signed, now he's going to pay me, then either just like in school, how you procrastinate when you like, when you're getting closer to the date, you're going to start procrastinating, procrastinating. And then last night, like you're going to, you're going to try to do an all nighter to get the results. But in business, that's not the case. In marketing, that's not the case. In marketing, you have to be consistently working, like consistently working all the time from the get go. So you can get the results that you want to get your customers. Welcome to Ground Floor. An experienced entrepreneur is said to be going through cycles of which learning and growing occur for them and their businesses. But I like to think of it as going through levels in a game or floors in a hotel where you ascend based on your experience and success. My name is Armand Hosseini. I'm in my late teens and I'm on the ground floor. This podcast is my way of documenting my journey towards success in the entrepreneurial setting that is to be determined. Inspired by some of the greats before me, my goal is to simply take notes on what I've learned starting my own business and help you in the ways I can. Hey everyone, my name is Armand Hosseini and welcome to the first real episode of Ground Floor. Um, I've been kind of putting this off for quite a while. It's been about two weeks since my teaser and honestly it's a bit because of procrastination. I just, I couldn't find the right time and I've been putting it off slightly. So I'm glad that I found the time to do this now, I got the courage. So yeah, um, I'm going to start off by talking about like who I am, like who is Armand Hosseini, why you should be, why you may want to listen to this podcast. And then I'll be going through um, the real content of this episode. So let's get started. As I mentioned, my name is Armand Hosseini. I am 18 years old, but in two days, I'll be uh, 19 years old. Um, I started in the business space or what I would like to call like my first touch into business in june of 2022 where me and a friend wanted to build a drop shipping site um hustle culture was really big for us and we wanted to do something that would get us rich quick because we would see a lot of drop shipping sites work and they're making thousands upon hundreds of thousands of dollars and we were like hey if they could do it why not us but that didn't really work out um i quit my job at the time uh i put most of my savings into shopify getting the products and all that stuff didn't work out after about a month and a half we stopped doing it only because it just wasn't working out and from there the summer was pretty light but then uh personally i went into online education i still want to make my own money over the summer uh funny thing was we made very little if anything and uh, i went to online education made like this course started promoting it but again uh my naive person myself i i didn't do too well and then i went into smma uh, an SMA I did, uh, I just, that was where I put most of, uh, most amount of effort and, um, it kind of paid off in a way I would read a lot of books too, about business, about like just getting my foundation right and everything. And, um, I did an SMA, an SMA for, um, youth sports clubs in Toronto. And for what it was, for, for what I did, it was good. I got to do a lot of sales calls. Um, I got to talk to a lot of sports own sports teams owners, and I really thought that one day I might be able to go into this space fully. But quite quite quickly, I realized that for a student like myself and with the resource that I had, if I could not get a few clients in the local area, then it would be incredibly hard to do well in this space because um, I was quick. I quickly realized that from the outreach I was doing and how like fast I was doing it. In about a month or two, I'd be out of leads completely in my area and I would have to resort to going back and talking to this old leads or what I did was I went into a new niche completely 
so yeah and then around december i started actively going through um i started actively going to a new niche researching and i decided i wanted to go into restaurants uh i wanted to get into the brick and mortar space and um i started doing outreach for restaurants got a client there and that's where the podcast started because i told myself that once i get my first first client then i'll begin to start this podcast as a way of uh documenting my lessons and the things i've learned uh as a active sma and hopefully like as i grow i might change my path i might pivot into something else but again i just want to start this podcast when i actually got into the space properly so yeah this first episode i just want to talk about the lessons that i've learned while getting my first two clients at the same time as the lessons i've learned immediately after getting my first two clients so let's get straight into it okay so first things first a cold call script so when i want to do um when i want to get into the restaurant business or restaurant outreach sma business um all of that um i had to make a cold call script because i decided i didn't want to do emails anymore my like i would see everyone seeing my emails just not responding and that feeling of not directly getting to the to the cus to getting to the lead and talking to them really really i just didn't like it a lot so i decided i want to get into i want to start doing cold calls and seeing how that was and i know a lot of people say that like they don't like doing cold calls and personally i hated it too it just it's it's a lot more uh it provide it gives me more anxiety to do cold calls but at least i get to talk to the custom the leads directly if that be the gatekeepers and then talk to the owner or just directly to the owner and what i did for uh my cold call script was it started off um i i seen how one sma uh youtuber did it before i kind of copied what he had and added a little bit of my own information and details to it and then um i just used that for quite a while for maybe about a week or two um for every cold call i did i had my old phone on me put it into voice memos and i recorded the call and i made sure to re re listen to the call afterwards to see what i did right and what i did wrong and at the same time i also have a notebook i don't know where that notebook is but i have a notebook where i also take notes directly on like uh the restaurant that i called the number that i called and the outcome of the call and i also had a spreadsheet so uh overall i tried to uh get as much data or get as much information back from each cold call as possible so that i could learn from it and try to learn as quickly as possible to f- like to quickly get my first client as well and it kind of paid off because um after the first few it looked like the cold calls were good but honestly there it was either that um one lead actually told me they said um I I asked I told them in my like the dream outcome goal of the of the call I said that I can get you 200 customers in a month is that something that you might be interested in and she said is that it and like that hit me hard and I asked her uh is that something you might be interested in like I repeated myself and she said I mean it's a little bit low and but I could see it working out and that really hit me hard and I had to think about that for a little bit and I thought to myself if that's really low then how could I how could I reword it to make her or make my next lead uh more excited about what I can offer them and in a way that also gives like provides me confidence so I started watching videos about it and um eventually I I got to see a few videos on TikTok about other cold calls and i started to make my own my own script 
a little bit similar to what I saw in the YouTube video, but more from myself. And it, it was more assertive. It was like, I can get you this, but it also had a little bit of, it left space for imagination. That's what like, I wrote down in my notes for this, for this lesson. For my cold call would really set it apart from the old cold calling script that I had and made it a lot more effective was I left space for imagination. I had it with, I said it with a confident tone. I, I like, I would, I reviewed it a few times, made sure the wording was right um, to make it sound confident. And then I put, I put words specifically that left, uh, left space for imagination. Instead of saying like a concise number, like a hundred leads or 200 customers or 300 customers, I said, I can get you hundreds of customers. And um, this little change in, in wording really, uh, it left enough imagination for my customer or for my lead and they got to think about like hundreds so like a lot like maybe like 500 600 700 800 and honestly i just wanted to get them off the cold call and i wanted them to come back and say yeah how can i learn more because honestly even 300 more customers if you say concisely 300 customers it kind of feels low but if, but if I can get them on a sales call and explain to them what the 300 customers are, their lifetime value, the return on investment when they, when they invest in my services, then they'll realize it's a lot. So me leaving a little bit of space for imagination, actually, it helps them. It, it, it gives them more feeling of like success on my part. And um, they're more willing to uh, go to the next steps, um, follow the next steps, like give me their email, give me their, their like active personal phone number so I can set up a meeting later on. And it was good because um, what I also learned from the TikTok videos is like having a more monotone tone. Because what I also failed to learn, what I what I what I learned but failed to do before, was have a more monotone tone. For a gatekeeper, it's more it, it's great to have a exciting tone because when you give an exciting tone to a gatekeeper, they're also feeling a little bit excited, and then they might help you achieve your goal or like talk to like the owner, talk to the manager. But when you want to talk to the owner. You want to be more monotone um, because if you're excited, then uh, for whatever reason, I might explain it later in another podcast episode, but for whatever reason, they just are, they dislike it more. Maybe it's because of how like all advertisers are already like that. So someone that's different is someone that is less excited because I bet everyone's had that call from, from Bel Air, Bell or Rogers. They call you and they're like, Hey man. Like, uh, we're so excited to show you this new this new product, and you're not excited. Like, there's no reason for you to be excited, but they're super excited. And there's that disconnect, and that disconnect is bad. So, yeah. Number two. Um, I got my first client by a follow-up after a ghosted meeting. And uh, I now understand why people say that there's so much power in following up. Because I I had the idea, yeah, like if you follow up and you can, there's more chances for them to see you, see your your email, your call, your text. But at the same time, I'm like, if they don't if they don't like the first email or the text you sent, what would be the reason for them to check for your second or like for your third? Well, like there's no, like the reason behind it felt a little bit iffy, until I kind of did a hail mary. I after a ghosted meeting, I like sat at the the meeting for the sales call for. 30 minutes I texted him a few times and stuff but he he gave like dry answers like dry like oh yeah I'll be there blah blah blah, this and that and after I said you know what I'll give him a proper follow-up and I I called him and I'm like hey man it's me Armand um we had a we had a meeting 
uh, set up today to do this. I don't know if, like, if you're still interested, but please let me know. Uh, and he told me that, oh, he thought me, Armand, was a different person. And that's why he didn't jump on the call, because he thought this was for something else. And with that, um, with that one follow-up, he, uh, he realized that it's me. Um, and from that one follow-up, then his partner came. We talk, I talked to his partner more than him. And um, after one or two more meetings after that, we signed a contract. And now he's my first client. And it's great because that one follow-up, that that own that co-partner, that partner for that restaurant business, also has his own other businesses. And he was really impressed with my presentation, what I could offer him, that he said that, hey, uh, could you do this business, the advertising for it too? And that's how I got my second client. So at the end of the day, um, I just want to say that, like, for me, what worked really well was following up after ghosted meetings. Because after this one uh, ghosted meeting, I followed up, I called him, I texted him. And he realized the mistake, which I would, like, a me from a month ago might have thought, hey, like, don't follow up. Like, if he's already ghosted, like, ghosted the meeting, then he probably doesn't care. He probably doesn't want this and so on and so forth. Let's just go to the next client or next lead, try to cold outreach, blah, blah, go through the steps again. But I called him. I, I was assertive about it. I told him that, hey, if you want this, I'm still open chat. Uh, it was for this, blah, 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 like the stuff for the sales call. And if you're still interested, let's talk. And that partner that he uh, referred me to, he had the business that I outreached for and he had his own business that he wanted me to do the advertising for as well. So the, literally two birds, one stone, if the stone was from a follow-up. So I have real high hopes for doing more follow-ups in the future. Um, I'll be doing a lot more because I finally have like my own personal experience why follow-up really, really works. And I could not say it enough. I hope that I find I get more experiences with follow-up so i can provide even more amazing stories from that but from this like i'm super grateful i'm, I'm super happy and proud of myself for uh doing that one follow-up because if i didn't do that follow-up i wouldn't have clients and i wouldn't have made this podcast in the first place to be honest okay number two the first one was pretty long uh it was almost like two steps or two two points but uh second thing was um a lot of people um a person that comes to mind is leila hermosi uh uh, in one of her videos, she says, uh, till your first six figures, you need to learn what you can serve people. It's like, you need to learn about your own services. And to me, um, I always thought that, that that's just a get, like, that's something you learn from the get-go. Because from the beginning of my business, before I made, before I went into SMA for youth sports clubs, I knew what I was going to do. Before, like, I knew the services I was going to serve. And then for the brick and mortars... I knew what I was going to serve. It was a little bit different, but I still knew and I still I still went through the process of learning it properly. But it's so it's so completely different to when you actually sign your first clients. It's almost like I had to relearn everything that I was planning to offer those clients. And it felt weird because after I after I signed the contracts with the first clients, I felt lost for the first few hours until I started brainstorming like I was just starting my business idea again. And it was, it's weird, but I completely understand what she means by that now, because you may have an idea of what you're, what you're serving, but honestly, until you actually get into it and you start trying to serve your clients, you're, it's, it's, it's all theory and theory in this case, in, in the business space is a lot different than actually executing on what you plan to do for your clients. And honestly, right now, the stuff that I'm doing for my clients 
is a bit different than what I've had in theory. If not completely different, like I had to propose new ideas because the ones that I had theorized didn't work. And now we're doing two new things that aren't stuff that I would like, like think about before, but now we're trying them out. We're trying to learn how we can serve our clients the best. And honestly, I, I would completely expect that until I hit my six figures a year with my business, then I will need to learn properly what works and what doesn't work for my business and what works to serve my clients. Okay, number three, you have to hit the ground running, whether, whether that be work, a learning research or simply making content and doing simple work. Once the client is signed, you need to work as if nothing was signed and it was simply off the client's faith. Because like, it's such a it's such a weird feeling because you feel like the project or the the result is getting the sign getting the client signed but honestly the real end result is having that long term relationship with that client and if like if you mistake it for the for the for the first one for the, for the first option then you're going to lose your clients really quickly so what i was glad i read and watched about was the idea that when you get your first clients you have to you have to hit the ground running you have to go, you have to have everything set in place already. That's the first. But then you have to actively research, um, find the KPIs that work for your business, um, find what works as quickly as possible and start doing the work. Because if you don't do the work and you just say, hey, I got the client signed, now he's going to pay me. Then either just like in school, how you procrastinate when you like, when you're getting closer to the date, you're going to start procrastinating, procrastinating. And then last night, like you're gonna you're gonna try to do an all-nighter to get the results but in business that's not the case in marketing that's not the case in marketing you have to be consistently working like consistently working all the time from the get-go so you can get the results that you want to get your customers and if you can't do that then you're going to lose them by the first month or by the end of your guarantee or in in that in that time like you're not going to have a long-term relationship with them so it's a really really important that you hit the ground running for me even though I knew this, after like the first day or two, I just felt relaxed because it took me a month from January to the 1st of February to get my first clients because I had to like learn the different ways of cold calling and stuff like that. But with time, uh, with, with, with two days, I started to realize that I can't be relaxed that much because I still had guarantees that I had to uphold with my clients. And therefore, I had to get to work on that second day very, very quickly and very swiftly to make up for the times I missed on even on the first day. I think this is number four. I wrote down, and there's going to be a mental back and forth and to reduce it, focus on a healthy goal. That's not particularly money. So for me, um, about the first week, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I started to get a lot of anxiety and stress over getting the right results for my clients because I didn't have any KPIs that I could measure properly. And that was because of issues with my client and like he had all the access to the KPIs and I didn't. So I was stressing that from the KPIs that I had to show that I had uh, very low impressions, very low conversions, but that was just not the case. I hate Instagram for it now. Um, but yeah, um, there was a really, there was long mental back and forth every day in that first week or two because I didn't have the KPIs and I thought I wasn't doing enough work and I'll do more work and more work. And I felt stressed that I couldn't even accomplish the things that I wanted, that I set out to do for my clients. And to reduce it, I, I focus not on the impression, impressions or um, getting the money or even the clients. 
I, I focused on something more personal that was more healthy and it was emotional based. Um, I'm a type of person that is very, it, I strive to find glory in the work I do. Like I love recognition. Um, I like to be recognized for uh, good work that I set out to do. And the, the way that I uh, try to beat this mental stress that I put on myself and to, resu- and to reduce it was to put the healthy goal of imagining what if I did everything I set out to do with my clients and what if I did it in a shorter span of time and then a blog or a news outlet would find this and like start messaging me and I make they make a whole article about me and I focus on this one client super well in those three first months and they, they glorify me in that article and from all of that like I get so much recognition and all these restaurants and all these all these other like hot leads come my way. They're saying, hey, we want you to work for us. We want you to do all of our marketing. So that feeling of having a healthy goal, that the feeling of like the potential glory that I could have, um, that kind of stuff, that, that feeling really reduced my mental stress. And then after um, I got the proper KPIs for my work, and that also gave me a lot of, that reduced a lot of stress for me as well. But I just felt so... So uh, the stress just fell off my shoulders because my goal was completely different. And sure, there's times where even for your clients, you might, be, you might not be able to get them everything that you set out to do. But getting gosh darn close to it is good too. And uh, from, putting that, from changing my mindset a little bit to finding glory in the work I do, uh, it gave me new, new energy to do more work at the same time as reducing the stress that was pulling me back because this the stress and the mental back and forth that I had was so much that I decided I was thinking about quitting before I even started and imagine that was just in the second week and I was thinking hey like I still have the money that the clients gave me for launching and the first the first month of the monthly retainer like I just give that back but thankfully um, I caught myself before I hit the abyss of stress and now I'm working hard and we're doing really well with my clients So that's pretty much it for this episode. I th- honestly thought it was going to be a little bit longer, but um, a few things I'm going to head, f- head, I'm going to go head first into right now and probably discuss in the next few episodes is strategic social media marketing for co- conversions and brand building, the implementation of automations, evergreen marketing, and more outreach experience. And obviously, you can hear that I was reading that off my notes, but um, what I was just trying to say in there was. I'm hoping that I keep working hard enough that I keep having new experiences and these new experiences will be the fuel that I put into my new podcast episodes. So if I don't put an episode next week, then expect one in the middle of the week when I have enough experiences and lessons to learn, uh, lessons learned that I can actually make an episode. And with that said, I hope you like this episode and be sure to follow and or download wherever you get this podcast episode so you don't miss out on any new episodes as well. Um, Thanks for watching. I'll see you on the next episode of The Ground Floor with Armand Hosseini.